Hey everybody, this week on Kayak Fishing Tales, we're bringing you another one of our Kayak Fishing Show Live shows from our Facebook page. This week, I've got my good buddy, my traveling companion, my videographer, narrator, all that from our show from the last 11 years, joining me, Will Richardson. We're just gonna share some stories about our travels and give you some tips on travel and just generally have a good time. I hope you enjoy it. Stick around. Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. Um, picture's not as great today for some reason. It looks a little pixelated for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on there, but eh, doesn't matter. We talk. Um, the Kayak Fishing Show Live, as always, brought to you by Ballast Point. Today, I've got the new Made in San Diego Ballast Point. Uh, if it's made in San Diego, it must be good because I'm made in San Diego. <laughs> Although I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to drink it because I totally forgot that I had a, a dentist appointment today and I was in the dentist about, uh, about an hour and a half ago. And I'm afraid if I try to drink out of a can, I may dribble it down my shirt. <laughs> so we don't need any of that. Um, before we get started on today's topic, I just wanted to remind everybody to wear your PFDs. I don't know if you saw my post uh, the other day. Um, I, you know, I hate harping on it, hate harping on it, but I'm going to continue harping on it to wear your PFDs because I'm tired of people dying doing the sport that I love. These people, two people in the last week passed away on the water with their PFD strapped to their kayak. No reason for this to happen. So please wear your PFDs. I, you know, it does. The woman, she had two young kids. It shouldn't happen. So the, it just frustrates the heck out of me. But I'm going to get off that high horse right now because I got a lot better things to talk about with my good buddy who's going to join us on here, my partner in crime for about the last 12 years. We've been traveling together. He has been my cameraman, director, narrator, everything of the Kayak Fisher Show with Jim Sammons. Uh, since we started shooting together, which was just shooting DVDs and then with a TV show for, you know, nine, nine full seasons now and beginning our 10th season. So with no further ado, I'm going to bring up Will Richardson. I didn't mean to bring him solo and I don't know why that's doing that. There we go. There's Will. Hello. Will Richardson. I said he has been shooting my show for, since day one. Uh, we met for the very first time on a shoot in Florida and, um, been great friends ever since. Many people say that we are kind of like an old married couple, the way we argue, but Super we've managed, <laughs> but we've managed to make it work. We haven't killed each other yet. So I figure it's working. Well, thanks, man. Hey buddy, what's going down? You know, uh, I also did the social media for our page for years, and I just try, like, this is how, this is the reason why I, I don't do it anymore, is I tried to share that we were doing this right now on my personal page, and somehow reshared it to the Kayak Fishing Show page, because <laughs> apparently Facebook is, like, uber confusing. <laughs> oh, well, you know. I don't know. I deleted something that I had posted. Now I can't find the post to sh tell everybody that I'm on. I don't know anymore. Well, the beautiful thing about the way we're doing this is we get to com communicate with the people who are watching us, who I hope are going to have some questions for us. But we got Nicholas here saying, Jim. <laughs> we got Mark saying, hello. Uh, 
Tybi, salute. Um, Nicholas, it's insane. Uh, Dave Fowler, he's from Ottawa. How you doing, man? Hey, nice to see you, Dave. Uh, uh, wow, so there's like there's like all these people. Like this technology is so crazy, Jim. Uh, Andrew says, "Hey, Jim," and then he also says, "Hey, Will." Uh, this is the cool part for me also is we got Dale here saying hello from New Zealand. You know how much we love New Zealand. And I mean, the fact that we can, um, do this with people all over the world and Nicholas saying we have a bromance. Um, yeah, yeah. it's a love hate relationship. Sometimes it's not, really a, bro- it's not really a bromance anymore. <laughs> it has literally become a ten- what we're on 11 years, 11 years of, of slightly failed drunken marriage. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's how we stay together is by drinking. <laughs> the, the family that drinks together stays together. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, and, and I know, I know that, you know, this is brought to you by Ballast Point, but I want to give out a sh- quick little shout out to my local brewery. I help these guys make this beer, help can it even. Uh, Crooked Mile, I got a little Druid's Dusk here. Um, I know you're an IPA drinker. I'm more of a British ale drinker, Jim. So I'm just going to. Mm, mm. Well, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Um, you can't really drink right now because it just dribbles. Like I said, I'm afraid I'm going to dribble down my shirt. My front, my lip is still totally numb. Uh, we have uh, Manuel saying hello from Sweden, where we're going to be in a couple of weeks. We're only, I'm only like a week away from Sweden. I'm leaving on Wednesday next week to go visit uh, some friends of ours. Uh, the, the, and Jim has probably said this a million times on the on the podcast version of the show. Uh, our favorite part about traveling the world is meeting new people and uh the best part about that is we made a lot of friends and they uh sometimes let us come visit and yeah. so i'm gonna go visit some of our friends next week which is pretty sweet yeah that's it's uh, that is the the coolest thing experiencing new places uh meeting new people and making great friends like you know our our buddy Ulf stayed with me here in san diego for two weeks you know we've got great friends in puerto rico we got we got friends and uh, people we like to hang out with all over the world. Uh, we do have a question here from Sean. Uh, does Will do the mixing of the videos also? Will used to do all I of did. I did. For years, did all, if you watch all of our original feature films, I did all of those. Uh, and for the first nine seasons, eight seasons, I did all the editing for the Kayak Fishing Show, as well as the narration. So if you watched our original series, it's changed a bit now, but the original series for the last nine years... I was also the one that was like, this week on the kayak fishing show with Jim Savage. And, no, no, yes, Eric. This week, Jim and the boys. <laughs> I, I could do it in the Kermit the Frog. This week, Jim and the boys are out. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, but uh, as, as, as the method that – so when Jim and I first developed the show, what we both agreed that we wanted was to sort of harken back to the old surf and ski films – um, and if you ever watch old uh, 70s and 80s ski and surf films, they always had a the film, stuff. Warren Miller in particular, but the, the guy who made the movie would also kind of edit it or uh, narrate it like, you know, here we are, blah, blah, blah. And that was really sort of where our inspirado came from in the beginning. Um, so long story short, I don't do the editing anymore. We have a, a Heliconia Press who does the production, the fabulous company that does the production on our show. Um, they do it all. Uh, with a separate guy now. So I kind of just send in the footage. Do you like that? I, I do and I don't. There's there's something great about being connected to your uh, to your product, um, like yeah. a close connection to your product. Um, and 
being on a shoot, I feel like I have the best, you know, the best memory and the best way of making the story work. But there is something good to be said about it is a new editor takes a different view on on what they've seen. And often you and I are so connected to the, what actually happened, the true events and the friendships we made and everything else that we don't necessarily tell the story the best way, if that makes sense. So there's that's the benefit of having a separate editor. And I think it shows. I think the last season of the show, um, for better or for worse, has been a different show and it and to a lot of degrees a little more exciting to watch. Um, some of the better footage makes it in because it's stuff that I'm like, ah, it was just a tiny fish, doesn't matter. Whereas right. to somebody else, it might have been way more exciting and more dynamic. So I, I, I agree. You know, it's like I've, I've watched some of the latest episodes and I'm like, man, these are so good. No, nothing, no knocking anything you've done because a lot of stuff you did over the years was really good too. But it has changed a little bit and it has made it a little bit different. And, uh, and it, it but, but they also miss things and we have to go back and correct them because they don't understand the actual, the true story of what happened. And we always want to tell that right. Um, you know, and you know, they sometimes they'll miss some things, some little key things. And we don't like those errors to sneak in there. Don't want us looking like Cool. So anyway, this is supposed to be about traveling and kayak fishing, but I'm still going to say hello to some more people. we got Brent saying hello, um, Mario saying hola, Salemi, hello. we got Mario from Brazil. I, I love this. Uh, we got Nicholas. Oh, he's just LOLing. Um, we've got somebody saying something because I don't know what that is, but I sure oh, appreciate I recognize you watching. That. I recognize that guy. He tried to sell me a bridge one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about this one? We got Christopher Pugh checking in from Okinawa, Japan. That's amazing. That's amazing. I am huge in Japan. Well, only because the people are smaller. Yes, that's, that's the look, only reason. You look much bigger. <laughs> we got Martin Tomey saying, what's up, guys? And I'm assuming saying travel is his favorite subject. Are you going to, Manuel's asking if we're going uh, to visit uh, Gunnar. Yes, we will be seeing Gunnar, and uh, we're going to be shooting with him um, up in uh, Mora. It's called Mora? Yeah, uh, Mora. And, and so uh, I'm going to Karlskrona with my wife to spend a week touring around Karlskrona. So anybody, any of our friends out there that know that we're coming, uh, feel free to uh, contact us. And then, Jim, you're showing up like two days beforehand. And we're gonna we're gonna go hang out with a, with uh, a couple other of our friends for a couple of days, and then my wife gets on a plane, and then we're gonna be doing an eight eight hour trek to Stockholm to pick up. Yeah, we're going up to Stockholm and then out to Mora. Uh, yeah, we gotta pick up Egoitz. Yeah, we gotta pick up Egoitz, who's coming in from Spain, and then we're gonna be in the mountains. And I think we're doing three different locations up there. It's a bit of a portable, movable camp type of deal. Yeah, it's, I'm really excited. We got Mira saying hello from the Czech Republic. Uh, a lot of the Czech team uh, up in Europe that we have fished with in the past with Jackson Kayak, too. Uh, what is this? Hello from Tunisia? Wow, we're just getting like, <laughs> we're just getting random people from around the world saying hello. Oh, wait, we have Nicholas. He's just from Vera Beach, Florida. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Florida. We love Florida, yeah. don't yeah. we, Jim? Yeah, we do. And Tim Beer's saying hello. And Jeff saying hello. And Jim or John Filmer saying g'day from New Zealand. Uh, we have Cassandra from Ottawa. Gotta love hey. Ottawa. Ottawa. And, That's where I am yeah. right now. Uh, Dave Fowler asking if we need an apprentice. Um, I need somebody to carry my bags. It is a zero-paying job. 
and you get to watch me fish. Oh, and you need it's to pay. Awesome. You need to pay for your own flights, hotel rooms, uh, and you have to buy us beers and buy the beer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, not Martin. A, not a cheap job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Martin. Florida does hate us. So anyway, the reason I thought about doing this one, um, I was actually it was just kind of funny because I was thinking about traveling stories. Mm-hmm. And I was looking on the internet, and I don't know if you guys all saw it. It was disgusting. Um, somebody posted a video of a rather large woman sitting in a hotel pool, shaving her legs. What? Yeah. This was your inspiration for us to tell travel stories? <laughs> well, because we've got some stories, you know, that are just so weird and that are so awesome and just... And what it made me think of, and, and this was a travel story, not for the show, but it was traveling uh, to promote. Uh, and I was at a trade show. And I know, Will, you've heard this story um, where I went to a hotel and my buddy had booked it because, again, we're, we, we fly super low budget. And I walk into the hotel across this courtyard and just kind of eyeball these two people sitting in the jacuzzi off the corner of my mouth. This was this water in this jacuzzi and the pool was green. I mean, it's just disgusting. And why were these people even in the jacuzzi? I have no idea. So I walk up to the rooms and the rooms all look out over the pool and I open up the drapes and because I'm sitting and have a beer and, and I open up the drapes and I look down in the pool and the woman is shaving the guy's back. In what? In the jacuzzi. <laughs> So nasty, yo. Oh my god, it was so bad. It was so bad that like I said it just, it just reminded me of places like when we stayed at that place in New Jersey where so, I almost I almost fell through the floor. So Jim and I Jim and I have stayed in hotel rooms around the world. And I always preface this story this way that we've been in like some bad areas of the world. We've been to good areas of the world. We've stayed at some amazing resorts. Every once in a while, we have to book our own hotel. And this particular case, we were invited to New Jersey. Uh, I can't remember the name of the paddle shop and the guy that did it. Chris was his name, I believe. But um, we were going to fish the Jersey Shore. And he had all these inner city fish, fishing areas to do. And that sounded pretty cool. And then I went starting to look for a hotel room. And I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, there's nothing under like 150 bucks, which... You know, that's that's pretty top end, like, for just a, a shitty Motel 6 type of yeah, thing. Yeah, like I said, we fly low budget. <laughs> so so I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll go for the $156 one instead of the $150 one. Maybe it'll be okay. I didn't. This was before there were star ratings and all that type of stuff for a hotel online. This was like, this is just like, go, go get it. So we book our hotel, and we should have been queued – by as we pulled into the hotel parking lot, that it had a chain link fence around it and a security guard that like parted us as we drove in. We're like, what is this? And we get in and it is like, it's a full on Hooker Harvey's. I mean, it's like, I think you could rent by the hour. Uh, Wouldn't doubt it. (laughs) And on top of that, that's when we discovered, was it Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, they was stupid us trying to do Jersey Shore yeah. on a holiday weekend. That's when we discovered that it was more Memorial Day weekend. So part two is, as we drive into the parking lot, there are uh, like easily 300 dudes and girls 
like 20 something pumped up dudes and girls that are piled into these hotel rooms, like three or four to a hotel room and yelling up, yeah, Memorial Day, time to party. Woo! And that went on for three days solid. All and, night. And then All we walked night. strike three as we walked into the hotel room I took my shoes off for some reason. You took your shoes off for some reason. Just the travel drags. We were walking around like, oh, this is a terrible hotel room. And this is awful. And that's when you looked at your socks. Tell them about about your socks, Jim. Yeah, white socks were like, from walking across the uh, carpet in the hotel, just from the door to the bed, and the bottom of my socks were black. And I think the reason I looked... It was because I stepped on a spot on the floor and I sank about, you know, six inches. It's like, oh, my God, there's a there's like a hole in the floor yeah. under the carpet. And and then we go and in, go into the bathroom and the ceiling is just like black mold hanging down. Picture picture a cave with stalactites and stalactites, <laughs> but it's black mold, not rock like that is what the hotel room had in it it was awful it was that so so it's funny we've been to uganda i mean we've been to the amazon we've been to i've been to several places in africa we've been all over north america and europe and we've been all the way around the central uh area of of the uh continent or whatever you want to call it the americas central, central america. americas and uh that it was the worst hotel that room. Was, that was hands down, hands down. The worst the hotel. worst place we've ever stayed. And we've stayed at amazing, amazing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. The uh, uh, Mazatlan, uh, my mind's gone blank, the, the Bass. Uh, yeah, so we, we stayed at two El different Salto. places. El Salto. El Salto. We stayed at El Salto, and we also stayed at Mateos, which was a new lodge that apparently is now closed. Like they had it open for like two years and then the government decided to open the dam that had made this really great bass fishery. Um, But that was conversely the ridiculous service um, where they took a picture of you when you walked in, when you first got there, they took your picture. So all the employees would and put your name on and all that. So all the employees know who you are, what your name was. And underneath that was how you liked your coffee. So they would bring you your cup of coffee to your room in the morning and what was your favorite cocktail? So they yep. would bring you a cocktail the second you stepped off the guide boat in the afternoon. We had a guy called the uh, the amazing Ramon? What was his name? the amazing Ramon, who was our personal like he was our guy for the entire week. And the amazing Ramon would be standing there with a tray full of our favorite cocktails as we stepped off the boat. That's and then what's crazy about it is we thought that was really good. And then for the last two days for offshore fishing, they put us in that resort. Do you remember that resort, Jim? It was like the super, super high-end, brand new, had just oh, been Oh, that's built. right. That's and right. Was, I forgot about that. Like, was the, like the water was like $5 a bottle. And like, it was, just, it was like, the, it was totally crazy. Totally crazy. Yeah. And it um, felt like there was a bunch of there for spring break. It was like one of those all-inclusive kind of things. Yeah. It was, it was, it was crazy. So here's a crazy thing. One of the people I just noticed that is watching right now is the one and only Jeff Bird's Nest Herman. That, that man has been on more crazy trips with us than I think. Maybe Jameson's catching up to him now. Yeah. Yeah. Bird's Nest was, Bird's Nest has shared many, many of our adventures. So, yeah. 
I, I think a lot of these guys. I think a lot of these guys don't like to travel with us anymore because they know that everywhere we go, we can bring. It's like they they have these high expectations. Oh, well, I'll get to go fish on the kayak fishing show. We're gonna go to this awesome location, and then we bring a hurricane. In Jeff's defense, every time we've gone to Texas, we've called him and been like, "Dude, we're coming to Texas," and he's like, "You realize." That this is the worst time of year to come to Texas. Like, don't come at that time. We'll be like, we, we don't really have a choice, Jeff. Can we come anyway? And he'll be like, okay, but it's going to be awful. <laughs> well, our, our, our great trip with Jeff Herman on, uh, to Uganda, which I, I look as a, as a great and bad trip. I mean, it was, it was interesting. But, you know, the thing is, and the reality is, if you go on a trip and everything goes smoothly, you barely remember it. Yeah, it's the ones that have all the hiccups and weird stuff. Are those the ones that really make memories? Those are the ones we you can go back and tell stories about. You know, going to Uganda and having to hang out at the airport outside of customs the entire day, trying mm-hmm. to get our kayaks out of customs, and then having to pay a ridiculous amount of bribes to get them. Well, and you remember the funny part, of the other side of that story. So it was. We got out of our hotel. It was like 6 or 7 a.m. We had all just got in the airport the night before, drank a cup of coffee, and it was this beautiful little hotel we stayed at. And then Jeff is like, okay, guys, we got to go get the kayaks. It should take us like an hour or two. And then we got to the airport and proceeded to go through, I think we calculated it nine and a half hours before we finally got the kayaks out of Hawk. And oh, uh, ridiculous. And uh, we had to, the, the only shade left by the end of the day, and it was hot as hell because it was just it's Uganda and it was there was no trees or anything else. The only shade we found was under this refrigerator truck that had also been there all day trying to get its stuff out of Hawk. And then, yeah, we had to pay a lot of bribes. And that was the funny part was, is it probably would have only taken us like three hours if we had realized we had to pay bribes. But we were like, I don't think they want a bribe. I think we're okay. Yeah. Turned out, turned out that's what they wanted. It turned out that what it was like, we emptied our pockets and had like 250 American and that's what got us out. Yeah. And then we, then they wanted to, they were all very helpful, offered to help uh, load the van with our kayaks and then extorted out money out of us to let us out of the parking lot to pay them for loading the van. And then we drove about a mile and got pulled over for having an unsafe load um, which fu- funny enough, the load was perfectly safed after 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we kind of saw, I mean, as far as the corruptness of, um, of other countries, governments, uh, we, we kind of saw, saw it all. It was, it was pretty funny. I, uh, Sean, Sean Russell has a question. He says, so where has been the most scenic naturally not man-made location y'all have been. I'm going to answer that. I'm going to give two answers, then I'll let Will give what he thinks is his. Um, first off, I would say uh, Panama. You know, we've had times where we were paddling along the side of islands, and you have howler monkeys screaming at you above. Um, just, just naturally beautiful, be- beautiful water, great fishing. But I will still never forget the first time going down the Ottawa River. And going down that little section, and I don't remember, like, uh, what is that no, little we, area? Wonderland Channel. Wonderland, Wonderland. Channel. And, it, and I, I said it at the time. I go, this looks like it was man-made. It looks like, because everything was perfectly in place. It was like, you felt like you're going down a channel at Disneyland that they had 
perfectly placed every tree, every rock, everything. And it was, the water was flowing the exact right speed. And, you know, I think we were right around the time where, where leaves were kind of changing colors and everything. It's just like, I mean, that's in your backyard and it's one yeah. of the most beautiful places I can ever remember going. I'm pretty lucky. Cause I mean, where we live and, and Jim gets to see our new place here in, in a, in a couple of months, uh, where we live is, I mean, it's just a gorgeous, pristine place. You travel an hour outside of most cities in Ottawa or in uh, Canada and, uh, you get back to the wilderness and it's gorgeous out here. And we're pretty lucky for that. Um, but I mean, I can't really talk about my, about home as being my favorite place. I'll, right. I'll give the first thing that comes to mind is Montana, Montana, there's something, uh, there's something just incredible about Montana, man. Like it, this, uh, it, it's exactly what you expect. You, you know why they filmed River Runs Through It around Bozeman. You know, you know the reason why Montana has that kind of reputation. It was just, it's just stunning. The, as we, as we would do our floats each day, we would travel through these canyons and valleys, and then come out onto these big open fields. I mean, you just had every type of, you know, um, I, I don't know to put this in a way that makes sense, but it's that American, the Americana style of wild, uh, of wilderness, that, that open, wide open spaces and just gorgeousness. Um, and then I got a shout out about the Osa Peninsula. Every time we've been to the Osa, what, three times, Jim? Yeah. yeah. Every time we've been to the Osa and in that, and that kind of falls into Panama as well. That region of Panama um, that we've traveled quite a bit is also very near the Osa um that that is always just blown my mind and we've always uh had incredible adventures in costa rica and on the osa peninsula if you if you ever want to just go see just the best protected nature on the planet go check out some of the places that we've been in costa rica we're hoping yeah. to get there again in uh, in the in the winter actually in uh, december right Jim? yeah and i always uh you know harken back to um panama versus costa rica because as you say they're very close to each other um, the one thing that always, to me, if I was just to go visit, that always gives the edge to Costa Rica is they are so environmentally conscious. Mm -hmm. Everybody there seems to care because, because they're, um, the, Harvey, <laughs> because their, uh, their world is so based on, uh, the environment and ecotourism, you know, so because their 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 business, uh, so much of the business there is ecotourism. They all seem to really, really care about the environment, and it, it is so conversely to Panama, which their money all comes from the Panama Canal. Um, they don't seem to care as much. So to Panama, to me, seems much dirtier, particularly around the cities and and close in. Panama is much dirtier than Costa Rica. Costa Rica, like I said, was just so clean. And like I said, everybody is so cares so much about the environment that um, I, I mean, always give the edge to Costa Rica. Yeah. And Costa Rica, like Panama is awesome for fishing and, and like we've had an amazing fisheries in Costa and Panama are stunning. But if you want somewhere to take your wife and family as well, uh, I got to give like I got to give the edge to Costa Rica. Costa Rica's got just, I mean they they've been that is their you know that is their national product is ecotourism and tourism. So there's just some bazillion awesome things to do. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, like I said, they they have great fishing there, but so much else, you know, uh the volcanoes, uh you know, the jungle tours, you know, going up in the canopy and and 
zip lining and, and yeah. all of that. And, and we and, got to do all of that. The uh, One time we were there, I mean, we've done uh, several different types of trips in Costa Rica, but one time we went, I can't remember who organized that one. Uh, I think that was the one that uh, our buddies Joe and, uh, and uh, Steve. dang it, what's his name? Steve, Steve organized for us. And they had, they, we got to do everything. We got to do zip lining. We got to do the jungle tour. We got, I mean, and we brought our wives on that one. So it was like, it was the best. Like, I mean, we got to do everything on that trip, which we don't always get to do. Most people don't realize this about making a TV show. They think, oh, you got to travel the world all the time. You get to see everything. It must be so amazing. We usually see the resort and I see the inside of a cockpit of a boat for like six oh, Exactly. People ask me that a lot. Like, oh, how did you like this place? I'm like, I don't know. I was on the water for 12 hours a day. You know, we have the trips where the fishing is phenomenal and you're off the water by, you know, in the afternoon and when it's too hot and then you go out and do some touring and some fun stuff. But you also have those trips there where you're struggling and the weather's tough. And um, like I said, you, you don't see any more than that little bit of the country. So uh, we always talk about adding extra days and then we're doing that for Sweden on this one uh, to get out and actually see more and immerse yourself more. And that's one thing I definitely say, if you're, if you're going anywhere, you know, immerse yourself in the culture, immerse yourself in, in the food. You know, like I said, we've, we've had this conversation many times. We went to a, a place in Costa Rica that they had a, a manager who was American and was catering to Americans and was serving them American food. Or the time that we went to Panama and they dropped us off at a Chili's. Right. Oh, that's right. Like, Here's the Chili's. CGI Fridays. Oh, maybe it was Costa Rica, but it was like, yeah, is there something like local to eat? So, Jim, here's my question for you. We've done, gosh, I can't remember. I, I counted it out at one point how many countries we've been to. Um, I'm working on getting a little map up here that, to mark all the places we've been. You, like, give me your top three countries we, we haven't had a chance to get to yet top three countries we haven't been to yet. Yeah, like what do you got still on your bucket list, man? Uh, I would, of course, I mean, we love New Zealand um, and there's no comparison because they don't like to be compared, but I would love to get over to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, if, if there wasn't so much kind of turmoil and not easy to travel to, someplace like the Seychelles. Um, and I've got to get, I've got to get, I've got to get to Argentina, um, for the golden Dorado. That's um, still, that's still like the, the white wolf or the, whatever, the white whale of your, yeah, of that one I just have to get to. And for us and, you know, the logistics for our show, of course, is always tough, you know, being able to, you know, being sponsored by Jackson kayak, we got to be down there on Jackson kayaks. So I'm thinking about starting a whole new TV show where I can just go travel and fish off other things just so I can go down there. <laughs> yeah, no, that, <laughs> uh, it makes sense. I mean, and, I mean, that's a thing. Like it, you and I both have travel lust. We both have, we're, we're both, that's the reason why we do what we do. We find reasons to keep ourselves getting to see the world. I mean, sometimes we, it gets overwhelming. We did a little, I think we bit off, you and I can both admit, admit these last couple of seasons, we've uh, we've been traveling way more than we thought we ever would. And there's just a, there's a line, there's a point where you have to say, okay, I need to be home for at least a week or two between trips. Well, yeah, I mean, we did that trip. Um, we went from New Zealand, 
And we had a long trip in New Zealand because if you're going to New Zealand, it's a long way. You gotta you gotta make it a long trip to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And we went from there. I think we overnighted in Florida Miami, in Miami, and, and, and you you fell on your ass and and you're like oh, you nearly killed yourself. Yeah, falling down. It's just clumsy. Not, not yeah, could have no, been the, no, it couldn't yeah. have been the bottle of rum we drank at the cabana. Bar. Um, and then going, we went from there to the Bahamas, uh, and and that was just back to back trips like that was one of the toughest ones. I mean, because you just you just get exhausted, you know, well, trying to keep trying to keep your energy levels up for shooting a show. It's not like you're just traveling and enjoying yourself. Trying to keep the energy up. And, and 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 to be on camera and, and all that makes it tough. But and we have a pretty big schedule coming up. So for those of you who don't know what's coming up for as far as our shoots, if you pay attention to the Facebook page, we try to post a little bit while we're traveling. I just got back from a bear hunt in northern Quebec. Jim and I are going to Sweden next week. So I literally just got back like, what, two days ago, Jim? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. You, you and I are going to Sweden on Wednesday. Uh we get back from Sweden like the third, the second or the third, something like that. And then we have ICAST. So yeah. anybody who's anybody who's going to be at ICAST this year, come you know, come say hi to us. We'll be kicking and around. We'll be walking the show at or at Jackson Kayak or at Siegler Reels. Yeah, so I'm working. So I anybody who doesn't know, I'm still director of the kayak fishing show, but I'm working on uh, I'm working with Jackson Kayak full time now. Uh, as part of the JK Media House, and one of the things we've got other projects that we're working on. So I'll be at ICAST working for them. So come say hi to me, uh, and and obviously find Jim. He'll probably be at the Siegler booth. He doesn't really leave there anymore. They put like a lounge chair. Well, yeah, they brought a big chair for me. <laughs> was it last year? Like a big recliner just for me to sit in. <laughs> uh, I talked to Wes, and this year he's rolling in. You know the dais from Return of the Jedi. You know, like the thing that that Jabba the Hut lies oh, on. Oh yeah, that's what they're. They're bringing that in for you this year with like a monkey that goes. <laughs> That's what's going on this year. So you just be like, "Hello, I'm Jim Sammons. And Chuck, uh, Chuck says uh, he's going to see us at iCast. Roberto, sweet. what's happening, brother? Well, he's and, at so iCast. This is important for Roberto to know because he doesn't even know it yet. But after we get back from iCast, you're doing a shoot in. Uh, where are you going? You're going to Panama. I'm with, going to Panama with the JK Media House crew. I'm sending my buddy Brooks and Jameson along with you, and then you're coming to Canada, and we're going to be doing a shoot up here in my home turf. And uh, Roberto's uh, Roberto's already on the slate to come fishing for a few days. Well, so. yeah, and people always ask what's my favorite place to go, and, and it's so wide open. You know that, that we've got, and it depends on what you're fishing for and uh, and everything else. But I still always love going to Canada because we. There's so much water up there. There's so many fish. I mean, it, it's just fun fishing up there. I mean, yeah, we're not going to catch a monster. You might get a nice muskie, but it's just it's just good fishing and a beautiful place, particularly in September when you're not dealing with the bugs. The weather's changed just enough, and you generally have the leaves leaves changing colors. And, um, and you're, you're coming up over my birthday again, which is always the color change week. So you're here. Dead center of that color change. It's always gorgeous. And uh, yeah. the fishing, the one thing I try to explain to people about Canada that I don't think Americans really understand is how much water we have, and it's all got fish in it. Uh, let's see. We have a couple other fish uh, questions here. Uh, Riyadh, have we visited the Mediterranean? No, we were supposed to go this year after Sweden 
and that fell through. But those guys say they're going to plan it for next year. So, we, and we tried a couple of times to do Spain, the Mediterranean, and it's it's never worked out. It's always been tough. Europe is tough for fishing in general. There's so many rules, clubs, difficulties, lots of lots of people, lots of people yeah, trying. Germany, to... Germany has. I mean, talking to our our buddy Eric Lorenz. The rules for fishing in Germany are just yeah. absolutely crazy. Like it's illegal to catch and release. Yep. You must kill everything. <laughs> Except um, you have a limit and you have to keep it. So Cuba, I have been to Cuba and now that it's opened up, uh, the, sorry, Martin Chumi is asking if we've been to Cuba. Uh, Jim has not been to Cuba. Of course, it's difficult for him as an American. That's opened up to a degree now. I don't know how that's all working out for you guys. Um, sure. One day we'll get there. It's, but I think I think the reality is, if we're going to go to Cuba, Jim, we should just go on one of those super cheap vacations and just not. My fish. wife, my wife wants to go to Cuba so bad. Um, it's amazing. Uh, Sean Russell, what is the location of the largest fish caught while fishing together? Well, let's straight see. up, straight up, I can answer that question. It is Canada. It's BC. You oh. caught a nine-foot-long sturgeon that we don't know the weight of. It's by far the longest, widest, biggest fish we ever caught. And it was, what, a two-hour fight? And yeah, we... nine, and, nine and a half feet long. Yeah. Uh, that was in some of the early days. We were still with Ocean Kayak at that time. Other stuff, we hooked into a good three to 400-pound black marlin in uh, Panama that never knew it was hooked. Uh, we couldn't get the fish to fight. It was absolutely bonkers uh, until we, it was getting dark and we hooked uh, my buddy Craig. He was on the fish. He, we hooked him up to the camera boat. So there was actually some weight there and the fish jumped twice and straightened the hook. So people, uh, often, people often ask me, Jim, what's like, well, what is it? What can a kayak handle? I mean, anybody who hasn't kayak fish before immediately asks, well, isn't it going to pull you off the boat? But if you've kayak fished before, people have often asked me, like, you guys have caught big fish. What's the biggest fish you think a boat, uh, like a kayak can handle? That black marlin taught us where the limit was. Because the reality was even you dragging behind a second kayak behind the boat, it just had no idea we were there. It yeah, just didn't it, care. It, it wouldn't fight. Now, because we want to catch and release, that's, that's the thing. Um, if you wanted to kill it... He literally could have wound himself to that fish at any time and stuck it with a harpoon or something. Probably would have been pretty scary because uh, I don't think the fish would have liked it any. But, um, you know, we, we got big tuna in Louisiana. We got big tuna in Panama. You know, the biggest rooster fish we ever got, I, I want to say was in Panama, although it may have been Costa Rica. Uh, um, no, I, we didn't catch big roosters in Costa Rica. Your biggest rooster is still... Uh, from Panama, I think it was the trip we did with Henny, and it was that last-minute uh, rooster that right, you caught. Right, right, right. It was a it was a monster. But you caught without the show. You caught, I think, bigger rooster in uh, in Mexico. Yeah, well, I had a client actually down at Fraley's uh, down in the East Cape of Baja. Got an eighty-five pounder when I was still uh, when I was still guiding there. It's so tough to say what the biggest fish is because each species is different too. Like, if you want to say what's our biggest billfish we can say well we caught it yeah. in x location our biggest freshwater fish our biggest saltwater fish you know all those types of things it, fish are different and as you learn like even a little bonefish on the right tackle can be a kick in the yeah, butt those things, those things absolutely smoke and then of course the other ones you know you know again where's your favorite place to go but like i said it goes by species i mean 
when we did that trip up to um, not Slippery Winds, what's the other one up there? Uh, Minor Bay Lodge. I mean, we had a day where we, uh, Will was behind the camera. It was seven days of shooting. And by halfway through the third day, Will was fishing because we had so many fish on camera. The first day we caught a ton and we're like, okay, well, tomorrow we're going to count. And Will was keeping track and three anglers had over a hundred big Northern pike each. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to, I I just encourage people to travel and go to different places and, and experience, you know, the guy, and we've, I mean, we've had terrible trips, you know, but God knows we've had terrible trips. Last season was a terrible trip. (laughs) (laughs) And here's some some advice for people that are going to do traveling and fishing from guys who have done a lot of it. One, um, leave whatever tackle you normally bring behind and ask the guide what to use, if that makes sense. People who go to a location and try to enforce their own style of fishing on another person's fishery are doomed to spend most of their trip with a headache. Yeah, and and, and hire a guide if you can, at least for the first day, uh, you know, so they can kind of dial you in. Um, Another thing that I always say is if you're going on a trip to go big game, fishing, bring your bass rod. Always bring your bass rod. Always bring the light tackle because that can save your trip. You know, if the big fish just aren't happening, it's just not working. Do you want to go out there and just struggle or do you want to go have some fun and pull on some fish? You know, so I always bring the the bass rod. Oh, uh, Justin from Seagler Reel says this year you get a bed of nails. So I get a bed of nails in the booth. Um, I guess Wes should get the, the big comfy chair since he did just have back surgery last week. And of course we're wishing Wes well. Um, I, I can't believe he's had, has it now and has to be at ICAST in a few weeks. That's going to be brutal. Um, uh, asked if we are fishing in Czech Republic, uh, no, but uh, not yet. if you we're know a guy, <laughs> uh, are you guys going to have kayaks here at ICAST? Uh, we won't have, I know we're flying in. We will. Well, I, well, we will. We will. Jackson kayak. So uh, I, I work in the marketing department for Jackson kayak. Uh, we'll have kayaks in our booth. And for the demo day, they'll definitely be whatever new boats, uh, some of our, you know, some of the great boats that we make, but also some of the new boats will definitely be uh, available, available for demoing as well as I can pretty much 100% guarantee that the Blue Sky Boatworks 360 will be there. That I need. need. I'm really intrigued by that boat. Carrie Flowers, one of the best anglers I've ever fished with, says, come back to New Zealand. Carrie, if you you want us back, we'll be back tomorrow, buddy. That was – I mean, there's just so many good stories from you and I in New Zealand. And Carrie was – Carrie and the guys – I mean, here's the thing about Kiwis that I don't know if anybody knows this. But they're like the best people, like hands down some of the best people on earth. I, I just adore those guys. Carrie and all the people that we've worked with. in New Brent Zealand. and Jay from, you know, the early days. Yeah. And, of course, Seamus. Seamus, uh, yeah. You know, just everybody there just bent over backwards to help us make good shows. And uh, just the most wonderful, wonderful people. Everything was so easy there, you know. Well, it's also a huge kayak fishing community there. So if you want to go kayak fishing in New Zealand – there are guides there that that's the, what they specialize in. And then there's just a great local community that would like be all cool with you coming down and fishing with them. Yeah. That's and yeah. Carrie set it up, brother. Um, although back to Carrie, I see you've been peddling, man. 
There's a lot of people doing that, Jim. I know. It's that I'm, kind of thing. I'm becoming a peddler, too. Although I'm in the Liska right now. I'm going to be uh, representing my buddy Jan for the next year, for the next season. Well, that's but, awesome. Uh, I like that but, boat. But I'm, I mean, I'm moving over to the FD as soon as I possibly can. I mean, pedaling, honestly, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I like paddling, too. But I, Still a paddler. I, I, I'm very, like, again, this is why I'm intrigued by the blue sky. Uh, I think the seated position in that boat may be the first one that actually fits me, fit works the the way my back is. So, so just just to talk about this a little bit, one of the interesting things about the FD that took me a little while to figure out was um, you really need to kind of loosen the seat a lot farther back than you think. So, if you have a paddling, so anybody who's having problems transitioning out to pedaling, one of the things that you need to spend a bit of time on is um, getting your seat position different. Cause most people who do the transition the first time do what Jim did and ratchet the seat down. Like you would be paddling. It's forward. It's all about getting your shoulders and arms in a more athletic position with pedaling. It's all about getting yourself back as far as you can go. And I just wanted to throw that out there for those of you that haven't, um, that haven't tried it yet or think that it's not for them, that it's, it, it's all good, man. Paddle, paddle, just let's get it on the water and fish. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Whatever works for you, and and whether it's a motor on the back of it, who cares? As long, don't let anybody tell you how to have fun. Stop you know? telling as, as long as it's legal. <laughs> all you people out there that keep telling other people how to have fun, stop that. Yeah, as long as you're wearing a PFD and it's legal. Uh, Richard more or less says, "Howdy, Jim. Hey, man, I've had some more of that wine. Awesome stuff. Thank you again." Okay, here we go. Craig Miller. The Marlin had no clue that he was there. My buddy Craig was the man attached to the big black Marlin. And he knows, literally, he just kept saying, Jim, this fish doesn't know I'm here. I can wind up to it anytime I want. And the fish would not fight. It just swam along. It was probably still feeding on other stuff, you know, talking to his wife and (laughs) went for groceries. Yeah. Had a meeting at work. Yeah. yeah, Talking on a cell phone. texting and it wasn't like it wasn't like craig was undergunned i mean he was on a big mustad circle hook he was on a he was you know it was all braid you know it was well that's the thing with the kayak we always say the kayaks are drag and in that instance it was just you stopped being drag you just were not enough drag craig thanks so much for joining us here man um will (laughs) will are you are your fingers going to dislocate again? So that's a little story. Uh, this was, and I think I have it posted as a video somewhere. Uh, uh, it was something like, um, I think I posted as Will's very, very bad day. <laughs> Will I had a uh, very bad day, accidentally guys. dropped a camera. There's more to this in, because in a, well, it's a long story, but we we don't have a whole lot of time to tell. It. So I'm we just were two talk. days we were two days into a trip with and off like in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness. So there was no recovering the camera. Then I dislocated my, Oh, then we found like one of our campsites got borked by somebody who left a bunch of fish there. Oh my God. It's so bad. Then we got halfway down a set of rapids into the third set of rapids we had done. And that's when we realized we needed to drag kayaks all the way back up river. Cause there was no way that we could do the trip. And then I dislocated my finger two and a half days out from being able to get anywhere for any type of medical attention. But luckily we had, Dr. Dr. Roberto, Roberto <laughs> to put a stick around it or strap a stick to it, I guess would be the better um, 
what's Martin saying? Bring everything as carry on. Don't check baggage. I guess that's his tip for traveling. Yeah, that doesn't really work when you have as much stuff as we do. We have and to check baggage. Here, and here's here's the thing, people. Uh, what bothers me as a regular traveler are all the people that think that. Because now what happens is people are trying to shove all their crap into the overhead luggage bin because they're not willing to pay $25. For $25, you don't have to lug all your crap around and then find out it doesn't fit into the overhead luggage bin. Keep everybody else from getting in their friggin' seats. Pay the 25 bucks, man. Yeah, people, yeah, people will complain, yeah luggage, yeah, luggage gets lost. It's happened to me. But I tell you, that's definitely more the exception than the rule. It's very rare that my luggage gets misplaced. And, you know, I mean, literally there are times like, man, I barely made my flight. And I had multiple connections. I'm like, there's no way my stuff's getting here. And I've had my luggage actually beat me there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 got, I had a, a super tight connection um, coming home from a trip. And I get in, it's like, where's my bags? And then I get a text, your, your baggage arrived before you. It's like, how, how is that even possible? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, and, and people just, man, it, it just holds up the plane so much when everybody's trying to, I, I've only, out of, we've done conservatively, so 10, 10 years of trips at seven trips a year. So that's 70, 70 trips. That's conservatively 140 sets of flights. Let's say two flights per set. That's at least 280 flights, 280 flights. They've lost my luggage once. I've been lucky. My luggage has been lost uh, most of the time. It was when I was coming home. Um, it, it did get lost on the way up north. Um, James's gear got lost um, on a trip. I mean, it, it is going to happen. Um, I carry on my reels. So that way I generally, if I can just borrow a rod, I at least have my good reels. Um, I will say uh, if you're going to be a traveling kayak angler, always bring your own PFD because you know it's going to be one that's comfortable. And if you can, bring your own paddle. Warner makes a great four-piece paddle, makes it super easy to, uh, to pack, and it's just so much better to, um, to have a, your good paddle in your hand rather than going to a rental place and you've got this paddle that weighs 20 pounds. You know what I mean? And you, you have to often get them custom made to have them broken into four pieces. Like I think Werner does a four piece, but you have to specially request it. Bending branches, I believe, same thing. Um, a lot of the other companies out there uh, will do something like that. But I know Werner makes a friggin' amazing four piece paddle if you request it. So um, you might have to custom order. Uh, yeah. like a, well, it's orderable, but yeah, they are they are available from Werner's if yeah. they do make them for it. Because before they used to say they made them for us and nobody else. Yeah. So I, I was stoked when they started making that available. Hey, Jim Dolan, how are you, man? I hope you're uh, you're getting back to health. I know you uh, had some issues here recently, so awesome to see you on here, brother. I'm, I'm really glad, and I hope you're doing well. Uh, Jim Dolan was the starter of Heroes on the Water. If, if you guys don't know him and, and know about that organization, it is absolutely awesome. Uh, Kerry Flowers says, yes, next summer to New Zealand because he should have a boat by then. That is... Put it on the books, Jim. We're going back. And if nothing else, remember, I'm starting a new show where we just go fish out of anything. <laughs> um Andrew Wilson says, if you ever want to do an offshore trip to Southwest Florida, I have a big boat we can mothership with. Andrew, that is an awesome offer. Unfortunately, I don't think you want me coming and having your boat caught in a hurricane. Andrew, the last four major hurricanes in Florida are directly as a result of us coming to visit. You don't want us there. 
it, you'll end up losing your house or something. It's not going to work out well for you. Yeah, you know, you're not going to lose the boat, but you lose the boat house. You're going to, you know. Um, let's see, Sean Russell. What is a fun economical trip? I live in far north Texas, perhaps the Gulf. Um, yeah, man, uh, and I can get you the information. We're going to a place in Louisiana that um, that Jameson has set us up with, and they are fully dialed in for kayak fishing and it looks super, super affordable. Um, well, and look at that right above that. Martin is putting go to pack kayak in South, South Louisiana. That is exactly the place I was talking about. Also, um, if you're in Texas and you just want to give saltwater a try for the first time, big shout out to our buddies uh, at um, slow ride guide services, slow ride Dean Thomas, who's an old friend of ours. It's a great place to get started. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. You know, Got to give a shout out to him because that's really like he's, you know, along with Jim, he's one of like the three godfathers of kayak fishing. Um, you got to get out with Dean and, and he's in Texas. I mean, yeah, it'll be it'll be south, but he's friggin awesome. Oh, wait. Carrie saying is the boat is for mothership trip to the three kings. OK, sign us up. We're, we're coming for sure. I will say another great super economical place that you can do a kayak fishing trip. If you want to start getting into the exotics, you know, is, I mean, I used to do guided trips down into the East Cape, Southern Baja. Um, I don't do that anymore, but the, the places are still there and they do still have kayaks, uh, Rancho Leonero, um, the Van Warmer resorts, both of them have full fleets of kayaks. And I mean, you can go down there. It, Baja is really cheap. I mean, compared to like a trip to Alaska, it's like a third the price. And they have the kayaks there. Like I said, you may want to make sure you bring your own paddle, maybe, you know, your own PFD, your own, you know, definitely <laughs> maybe, some, own. maybe some repair gear for the kayaks. Yeah, yeah, Cause you never know. It's down at Baja. It's super hot, but it's very economical. And I mean, we have caught Marlin and sailfish a quarter mile off the beach. The biggest um, Dorado I ever caught was just outside the moored boats for the resort, less than a quarter mile off the beach. Um, I mean, you had, and our biggest rooster fish. I mean, we had a trip down there where everybody on the trip got multiple rooster fish over 50 pounds. And like I said, and this is all paddleable to places and they have bait right offshore. You can go and buy live baits from the bait guy. Um, and it's like $2 a bait for a big bait. Now I think we were in the Bahamas or for like these extreme kayak fishing tournaments and they were wanting like $8 for one bait. I mean, just, just crazy. So, you know, if, if you can get that live bait from a bait guy right there. Um, so it's, I would say, you know, for, for your first chance at exotics, uh, it's really hard to beat Baja. And if you want to do a Baja road trip, you know, the whole Baja Peninsula is amazing. Cedros Island um, is still a pretty affordable place, but that one you do have to arrange because you have to fly out to it and all that. But don't Fox News. Baja is not horrible, evil Mexico. It's a beautiful people, a beautiful place, super friendly. Yeah, I mean, well, well I actually read about a, a pretty serious crime down in Bahia de Los Angeles. I read about it just today. And it's like... But I read about more crimes. Well, near that's it. I mean, you, you, hear about this one, <laughs> you hear about this one really serious crime, but that's one crime. You know, it's like you get like eight of those every night up in, you know, exactly. in downtown Los Angeles. So, uh, um, yeah. 
but if you, there's a lot of cool things to do in your area. Like it, Texas is a good central location. There's a lot of good fishing in Florida, obviously. There's a lot of kayak fishing already in Texas, um, especially coastal stuff, saltwater stuff. Redfish uh, down into Louisiana, the red fishing is always amazing. And you can do really expensive red fishing trips on your own dime. As long as you're going to self-guide, You, I mean, your costs are negligible. Um, so check any of those out. Watch some of our shows in that area. You'll get every one of the resorts and our resorts. Any one of the trips we've done has been with great people who most of them offer guide services. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go to the extreme level and get those big, crazy alligator guard, you know, you can hook up with that Bubba Bedry and, you know, um, that's, you can just do that for a day and then you can go do other stuff. You know, it just depends on how mobile you are. If you're flying in, I said the nice thing about, like I said, some of the Baja stuff down the East Cape, you fly into Cabo uh, it's about an hour's drive up from there. And like I said, the resorts have the uh, kayaks. You do want to bring your own fishing gear um, and, you know, anything, anything you want, you should bring. Um, but it's still, like I said, the hotels and everything are considerably cheaper and much cheaper than a lodge up in Alaska or, you know, in that sort of thing. But the main thing cheap, is, is get, get cheap, cheaper than a New Jersey hotel room, baby. Yeah. The main thing I always say, though, is just get out there and travel and experience experience new things, experience new places, meet new people. Um, you know, get out there and, and, and immerse yourself in the culture if you can. Um, eat the food, uh, you know, all that, because that's what that's what makes the whole experience. And um, and like I said, and, and, and don't stress, we actually had I used to take my kids down to Mexico all the time and we always had a saying and that was that's Mexico. You know, it's like if somebody says they get, they're going to get to it manana, manana does not mean tomorrow. It just means not today. So don't stress it. Figure out something else to do. Go with the flow. I mean, we've had to do it for years with storms. We've had some of our best times sitting around a lodge or a hotel, you know, drinking and playing games or whatever, during, letting a storm pass. Um, you know, it's, it's like I said, some of the best stories come from the, the most trying trips. Well, uh, I don't. I'm, I'm done with trying trips. Quite honestly, I need a. I need a season with no trying trips. Well, but, but, we, but we certainly have a lot of good stories. But that also goes to say, like, so you know, biggest one of the biggest pieces of travel advice that Jim and I have learned over the years is patience. Uh, don't try to put your own expectations on other cultures. Uh, everybody's got their own timing and their own way of doing things. And if you try to force the way you expect things to be done on other people, it's you're going to be miserable the whole time. We just got back from Bahamas. And let me tell you, man, Bahama time is its own thing. But we had an awesome time. You just had to expect to be patient and have fun and not worry about when your drink is coming. Um, that's That goes worldwide. And the same thing with crime. We've done, you know, the news has done a really good job of making us afraid to travel the world. The news has done a really good job of making it sound like the rest of the world is dirty and going to pick. There was a great, you know, had a great conversation with uh, somebody the other day that was like, oh, aren't you ever worried about the pickpockets at the airport? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Pickpo what is this? 1930? There's a kid with a jaunty hat that's like, hello, sir. Oh, I'm going to pickpocket. No, there's no friggin' pickpockets. Yeah, you be careful, but you got to be careful everywhere. Just stop exactly. worrying. Stop worrying and see the world, man. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it's, you know, I didn't really start traveling. I mean, I used to do my trips down to Baja and everything. But other than that, I hadn't traveled much, you know, my whole life until we started doing this. And now it's it's like the, the greatest thing 
you know, it opens your eyes to what other cultures are all about. And um, it, uh, you definitely learn what the rest of the world thinks of you. <laughs> Uh, during our whole presidential election. That was quite interesting. It seemed like a lot of the people around the world knew more about what was going on in our country than most of the people in our country. Or at, least, at least they wanted to tell you that they knew more. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was amazing. Um, actually, Eugene says Punta Colorado and East Cape uh, is a great, excellent getaway. And, and my wife is awesomely watching. Thanks, Henny. Um, and she pointed out that Punta Colorado has been closed for a few years, unfortunately. Wow. But if you want someplace that's very similar in basically the same area, I still like Punta Colorado's location a little bit better, but Rancho Leonero in the East Cape is a great location. It's a super cool little place. It's not like a giant resort. It's got a super cool vibe. So Rancho Leonero down in the East Cape, and, and again, still so very, very affordable. Um, dude? Homie. We, blew, we blew out an hour so fast. We didn't even get to a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about. So we got to do this again for sure. That was a lot of fun, man. Um, have, have computer can always podcast. That's We're going to see each other in, because if people that don't know, I am actually in San Diego and Will is in Ottawa. Um, so, but we see each other, you know, many, many times a year. And like I said, and we, we can... Skype each other every day, and you usually text me just before you go to bed to say good night. Right, like, good night. I will. And I'm like, you hang up, and he's like, no, you hang up. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. It, it is bad. So we're lucky. Uh, we're lucky. Our wives are so patient. Yeah, that is very, very true. Will, thanks so much. I'm going to um, sign you out, and I'm going to wrap this thing up, brother. I will be talking to you. I'm sure I'll be talking to you in a few minutes. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Um, thanks, everybody. That was that was a lot of fun. And we, like I said, we, we plan on answering a lot of questions and talking more about actual techniques for travel and, and all that. But, <laughs> um you know, that we just get into telling stories and, and, you know, that's what makes doing these things fun. I, I do appreciate you all joining us. Uh, thanks to Ballast Point, as always, for their support and uh, helping us put these things on. This Friday, because I forgot, this was a special edition. This was a Tuesday. We're normally doing these on Fridays. Uh, this Friday, I have Jen Ripple from Dunn Magazine, which is a fly fishing magazine. Um her whole thing is basically getting women into fishing. So uh, if you if you got any women that like fishing and want to talk about women in fishing or just talk about fly fishing, she is an excellent an excellent fly angler. Um, join us on Friday, same time, two o'clock. And um, I've still got to schedule my one for next week. I haven't got anybody on on board for next Friday, but. You know, again, we're just trying to do more and more of these things because I'm having a great time doing them, and I hope you're enjoying them as well. Thanks, everybody. Remember, please, 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 if you're going on the water, always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Well, as you can see, Will and I have a great time traveling together and making our shows. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please give us a thumbs up. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to Kayak Fishing Tales. And as always, if you have any questions, throw them down in the comments below. And remember, if you want to join one of these live shows, meet us every week on our Facebook page, The Kayak Fishing Show with Jim Sammons. Take care.